0: Creative Babble. Jane Whaley's birthday was last week. She just turned 80 years old. Obviously, the Word of Faith Fellowship can't go on forever, at least not the way we know of it today. So who will take over? Can it even go on without Jane Whaley's vision and authority? Or will it all fall apart? I asked John Huddle, a former Word of Faith Fellowship member, this same question. You know, th- this is a question I asked Sam and Jane, but I'm going to ask you first and then I'll tell you what they said. I asked them, do you have any succession plans? Like, do you have somebody lined up to kind of take your place? And wh- what do you think? What's the future of Word of Faith Fellowship without Jane or without Sam? I've
1: been told by uh a distant relative that there are papers drawn up to hand over the leadership of the ministry, whether that's property succession or whatever, her daughter Robin. But depending on how the, the next couple of years go, it's not out of the possibility to think there could be a power struggle. And I don't believe Robin, the daughter of Jane, has the severe character nature. She's got more of a father in her. I'll just say it. I don't believe she'll abuse people like her mother does.
0: I have another theory. I believe there's someone else who is fit to replace Jane. She is equally feared and has Jane's ferocious aggressiveness. She even kind of looks like a younger version of Jane. Her name is Brooke Covington. You know, and and correct me if I'm wrong. She seems more fond of Brooke because Brooke seems like a bulldog, just like, like Jane. That she does of her own
1: you were able to glean that in your short time there, you're very perceptive.
0: Yeah, it almost seems like she introduced her as her adopted daughter, and maybe maybe legally she wasn't adopted, but maybe uh personality-wise, like she's the daughter that Robin never could be, you know? Very perceptive. I actually asked Jane and Sam who will take over the church during my private conversation with them. You know, I was actually surprised by their answer. Actually, Sam didn't say much during this meeting, but uh, but this is one time where he actually chimed in. And because you know, I actually had my back to Sam the whole time because he just he was just listening. You know, um, he was sitting next to me, but I had my back to him. And uh, he, you know, I turned around because he he said, "We have no plans on retiring." Really? Yeah. Which you know, fair enough. I mean, but but they they are getting old, right? I mean, they're, I mean, you know, you could just tell that physically, you know, they they remind me a lot of my grandparents, you know, and um, I can't imagine that that they're going to be able to pull this off, like in in five, ten years, right? Jane Whaley can't live forever. Brooke Covington just seems like the natural successor, but there's a problem with this theory. Brooke can't take over the Word of Faith Fellowship if she's sitting in jail, and you can tell that church leaders are worried. Here's audio from my visit earlier this summer. I
1: our adopted daughter. Yes. yes. They took in all the rebel Cooper children. They made them who they are today, and now they're... Now they're oh. going to put her in jail. Now they're going to put her in jail. <laughs> oh. And I, I'm probably stupid enough to probably do it again.
0: So why do they want to throw her in jail? Well, because Brooke Covington and four other church ministers were indicted by a grand jury on charges of assault and kidnapping of a teenage boy because he's gay. Now, from Western North Carolina's news leader, this is News 13 at five.
2: Photos have now been released for the five Word of Faith Fellowship church members indicted this week for allegedly assaulting a former member.
0: And that boy, well, he's 25 now. And his name is Matthew Fenner.
1: And one of them had his hands around his neck and was like squeezing him so tight. And at this point, I was like, this has got to stop. They're going to fucking kill him.
0: This is Danielle Cordez. She was there that night and she says she saw the whole thing.
1: At that point, I was like, if they're going to kill someone, it's definitely going to be this time because it was just nonstop punching him and beating him on the chest and like shoving him back and forth. And, you know, it's just like waves of prayer and, you know, Brooks screaming at him and pulling the next person in to pray for him. and
0: We'll talk more about this alleged attack in the next episode. But today, today we're going to spend the next hour talking about how we got to this point, and we're going to explore how someone like you and me could get caught in a cult leader's web. Don't believe me? Trust me. It's the perfect con. I'm Javier Leva, and this is Season 3, The Prophet. The biggest question I get all the time is, how do people get sucked into a cult? Well, everyone says they would never fall for it. So how did Matthew and his family become one of them? Of all the people I've ever talked to, Matthew was
2: able to break it down perfectly for me. You know, at the time, my family, we were kind of going Through a stressful time, we were faced kind of with financial difficulties. You know, my mom wasn't doing well in her marriage. I was kind of having a difficult time with like the whole coming out process and trying to find acceptance among my family and friends and community. Yeah, we were just kind of really down, you know, down on our luck. At the time we got involved, we were just kind of looking for an answer or like an easy fix, I guess, for our problems. And, you know, at the time Word of Faith kind of was that, you know, answer for us at the time.
0: To say that Matthew's family was going through a rough time is putting it lightly. Matthew came out to his mother, Linda, and that didn't go very well.
2: And I just remember looking at her thinking, okay, like, mom, I need to talk to you about something. And I just said, you know, I couldn't really get the words out. I just had to start out by saying, you know, do you love me? And she would just say, yes. And I said, but but, do you love me? Do you really, really love me? And she was like, yes, Matthew, I love you. And then I think I asked that like three or four, maybe five times. and then. I think I couldn't get the words to come out, but she was just like, Matthew, are you gay? And then I just kind of looked at her and said, yeah, I think so. And then it was just kind of like a flip switch to just like, no, nah. She's like, no, that's not right. Why would you think that you're not gay? So I was like, mom, no, 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 I was just kidding. I was just kidding, like, no. Like, you know, a friend of mine and I at school, you know, we had this this bet we were going to see what we were going to just like go home and tell our moms that and see what they had to say and like just see how they would react. But I'm not, I'm not really, I'm just, I'm just kidding. I just wanted to see what you would say. And
0: then his biological father found out about his sexuality.
2: So I had to go to this therapist and my dad, you know, came with me on my first visit. And the first thing he says was, well, you know, he does have these thoughts that he's gay and that he likes men. Like, is there anything you can do about it?
0: This sent Matthew into a deep depression. Then, there were domestic issues between his mother and father that landed her in jail. To make matters worse, Linda's relationship with her new husband was falling apart. Here's Linda Rape describing that time in her life. Our relationship was so terrible because he had lied to me so
1: much and was sneaking and using money for drugs and stuff. And I pretty much lost everything. I mean... Everything. Where I lived, I had to move in my parents because the money that he was making, he was using it on drugs and stuff and we had nothing. I mean, I couldn't pay my rent, I couldn't pay my
0: car payment, I couldn't do anything. All right, let's pause here for a second. This is how it all begins. Cults typically prey on you when you're at your most vulnerable. And it's around this time when Matthew and his family are at their lowest point. From this moment forward, they are willingly going to join a cult they just don't know it yet it happens really quickly let's just put it this way it's around february at this point in the story matthew has heard about the word of faith fellowship before and he thinks they're weird and by december of the same year matthew is so deep in the church he's telling his grandmother that it's not okay to bake christmas cookies because it's a pagan holiday so How does someone go from thinking that these people are freaks to suddenly become one of them? Just to give you an idea, this is Matthew Fenner, months later, speaking at graduation during his time at the Word of Faith Fellowship.
1: Well, I know I wasn't here my whole life. I wasn't raised here. I wasn't taught God the way that they're taught here. But as I came here to the Word of Faith, I began to see what God is in someone's life. I began to see who Jesus is. I began to see the love of God. I began to see the presence of God. And I wanted it. And I know I gave up my life. I left a public school and came here. I gave it all up. Why? Because I wanted to. Because I felt the presence of God here in this church. God has delivered me from so much. And I know that I have changed because you could lay before me anything of the world. You could lay before me the alcohol, music, cigarettes, unclean, a magazine, a famous person. I don't care, I don't want it. I know in my heart there's no desire for it. I know in my heart that coming here was the best thing for me because I know that my life is being directed by my choice. But lastly, I want to thank my mom though for standing with me for all all the things that I've gone through, she stood. No matter what anyone said, my mom stood, and I'm so grateful that you brought me here, and you made sure I served God. And I'm so grateful for everything you've done for me. Thank you.
0: So how does he go from being one extreme to another? Let's break it down month by month. It's February, 2010.
2: My family was like, all right, y'all, we're going to go to a church service. And so we're going to go over to this church called Word of Faith. And I was like, I've heard of that. But I was just kind of like, I really don't. I was like, I don't think that's going to be what I'm, you know, I'm not going to like it. I don't think I'm going to want to go there.
0: Matthew was far from the perfect candidate to become a Word of Faith Fellowship member, He's gay and considers himself an atheist.
2: So at the time, I really was like, church is not my thing, I don't believe in God. He
0: also heard rumors about some of their strange rituals.
2: The Word of faith had a reputation as well of being this kind of scandalous kind of place that had a history of some really sketchy things kind of had gone on there that I'd heard about.
0: Matthew thought they were weird, but at the same time, he was kind of curious. And all of a sudden, he has an invitation. I mean, I can imagine it's like being invited to the creepiest house in your neighborhood. It's scary, but you still want to see inside.
2: Like everyone always said you had to have an invitation to go. So it was like, well, we've got one. So I'm going. So let me go check this place out. So wait a minute. That's that's interesting. I never would have thought about it that
0: way. But like when you say sketchy stuff, obviously right now my listeners know what the sketchy stuff is. What kind of reputation did they have at the time? Because I mean, right now, most people listening to my show probably wouldn't want to go, yeah. even if it's exclusive <laughs> invitation only.
2: Yeah. So at the time, um, in my mind, like the reputation that I was aware of was, you know, it's not, it wasn't like what you're hearing now. It was more, um, you know, they th- make themselves throw up in buckets.
0: The word on the street was that the Word of Faith Fellowship members would scream for so long that they would make themselves vomit in a bucket. And they believed that puking was a way to get the demons out.
2: You know, the extremes in my mind were, you know, they do believe in like demonic possession. And then I think when I told someone at school that I was going to go there, they were like, that place is a cult. It was more just like, okay, well, they've got this reputation. I'm curious. Let me find out what's going on and let me just see.
0: During Matthew's first visit, he said he didn't witness anything sinister. For him, the whole thing was just kind of amusing.
2: Like, for me, it was kind of comical as well. Like, I thought it was funny. I was like, what is this? And because I remember my cousin and I, like, side-eyeing each other. We would kind of smirk and laugh and be like, what? You know, I would, like, lean over and be like, what in the heck is this? What? These people are so weird. And I was just kind of like, okay, whatever. And then then we'd sat there through the service, and I remember thinking, God, this was so boring. Just so Jane preached to me, it was just like I think this is so silly. I do not believe what these people are believing. I had no you know intention of going back. I told my mom, "I was like, you know, you guys can go, that's cool, but I don't think I want to be here. Like this place seems kind of you know, it's just not my thing."
0: It's now sometime around April two thousand ten, and it's been two months since Matthew's first visit to the church. Remember, he said he would never return. But his mother somehow suckered him into attending a friday night potluck dinner at the church
2: and then that was that night though was when something kind of like switched for me too
0: during the potluck brooke covington jane whaley's second in command took notice of matthew and started talking with him
2: she got my cell phone number from my grandmother and so brooke called me she was like i'm gonna come pick you up and like i want to talk to i want to like spend some time with you and talk to you like you can come with me up to mcdonald's and we'll just like sit up there and talk and whatnot and so um, she came to my house and picked me up. We just sat in the McDonald's, McDonald's parking lot for like an hour and a half, two hours. Basically just talked about my life. You know, I told her right up front, I was like, you know, I don't really think I believe in God. Like, I don't, you know, I don't believe in these types of things. Brooke was there for
0: Matthew when everyone else and everything around him was falling apart.
2: It wasn't so much, I want to start going to church, but there was something about her that she seemed to have taken a genuine interest in me and like what I had to say and like the troubles I was having. And it was just nice because I felt like for the first time someone was actually listening to me.
0: At first, even the strange rules didn't bother Matthew. I mean, who is he to judge? His life is crumbling around him and they seem to have everything figured out. Maybe he could use some structure in his life.
2: I would talk about me and then, you know, she would say, well, you know, we do believe this and, you know, we don't listen to music and we don't listen to the radio. and You know, we've learned that God's ways are the ways that we want to live. And he tell you know, he, we believe he speaks to us and he's made it clear to us that like we shouldn't do these things because they separate us from God. It's like you begin to get this sense that maybe the way you're living isn't right here it is that you see all these people you know outwardly have you know this these nice things they all have these really nice houses they all drive these really nice cars and they have these really nice expensive clothes and all the women are wearing really expensive jewelry and, and like everyone seems really happy and loving and like caring and then well obviously there must be something to the way that they're living like if they have all this stuff they say that well we live this way and god blesses us and gives us all this stuff but you know eventually later on you find out that like no it's all coerced you know you're coerced into buying it and like you're forced to live and dress a certain way you're expected by the ministers and by jane and by you know these like higher up people like it's just this is our code of conduct and you have to live this way like, at the time it's like they make you feel like everything you're doing is so wrong the reason things aren't going well in your life is because you know you're not living how we live
0: after sitting at the mcdonald's parking lot for about an hour brooke offered to take matthew to see her house
2: it's like, oh, well, you want to come see my house? And so we drove, and she took me to her house. And it's this huge, you know, four-story, really elaborate, brick home. Um, inside, it was immac- immaculately decorated. And, and I just remember walking around seeing it and thinking, ooh, this is so nice. Like, I wish we could have these types of things. And so in my mind, it was just like, again, it was kind of like an overload of, ooh, okay, she's actually listening to me and cares about what I'm saying. To, like, all this stuff, like, there's just... Nice clothes, nice houses, nice all these things. So I'm just thinking, oh, this place might be good for, like, actually having just nice stuff. You know, this lady's listening to me and, like, seems to care about what I'm saying. And so, you know, maybe we can give this a shot of, like, just seeing where it goes.
0: Matthew figured he had nothing to lose. So he starts attending more and more services. First, they get him to attend church. Now, it's time to pull Matthew in deeper. In order to truly indoctrinate him... They need to get Matthew out of public school and into the church's private school.
2: You know, some of the younger people were like, well, maybe you could come to school with us. Brooke, I think, remember, had mentioned, like, we make the highest SAT scores in the county. And, you know, we, all our students make all A's and they get into really good schools. And, like, you know, they go on to law school and medical school and all this thing. And so in my mind, I'm thinking, ooh, like, she said medical school. Like, that's what I want to do, too. And they make good grades. Well, that means I can get into a good college. So... You know, and they're like, oh, we also do dual enrollment, so you can do college while you're in high school. And so, again, all, and all this to me is like, in my mind, it's just like setting off like all these fireworks.
0: Matthew is in. The old Matthew is dead.
2: And I, I remember one time telling my mom, thinking, you know, I don't really believe in this God thing, but like I'll try. Like if it means it, it's going to make you happy and, you know, I want you to accept me. I want you to, like, you know, love me again, like fully and fully. I was like, I don't think I can change being gay, but I'll try not to act on it if that's what you want. If that's what these people do, like I'll just try not to act on this stuff. Like I can't make any promises, but I'm going to try just for you. And I kind of, at the time, knew that it meant I was probably going to have to leave my school. All this mess, you start kind of cutting, separating yourself from your friendships. And it's this slow kind of progression of getting in your mind of making, like, they kind of trick you and make you think that Again, you need to do what they're doing to have the things that they have and so you can feel happy. It's August now and
0: summer break is over. Matthew Fenner is now enrolled in the church's school. He pretty much cut out all his friends, he quit dance school, and he stopped listening to music.
2: That whole month of like June through August was like, all right, let's just get serious about this. Just cut stuff out. Just here we go. Let's just start to conform as much as you can to this place and just really kind of mold yourself to this place p- place so you can finally get happy and, you know, see what you'll get out of this and, you know, who knows. So, so
0: just to get the timeline straight, you said February and now it's August and all these things that you kind of let go from your life, like the dance, which was, it, it sounds like it was like a really big, important thing in your life. And then, um, your friends obviously are really close in your school and all that were, were these things that they
2: asked you to do or things that you just knew you had to do? So I think f- to some degree it was things I kind of knew was expected of me. And I just was like, okay, I'm going to go gung ho and just do it. You know, I just, let me quit dance. Like I know I need to do this because I know this is not something that they believe in, you- you shouldn't listen to music so i was like okay i'm gonna give up music and stop listening to it you know you shouldn't wear these types of things i got rid of those clothes and it was just kind of like i went through this radical kind of change
0: now it's december and matthew and his family are 100 percent in one day while visiting his grandparents he noticed that his grandmother was baking christmas cookies
2: like she was making these cookies to take to like work. And we're like, you know, they say that's demonic, you know, it's pagan ritual and like, it's not right. And like, you shouldn't do that. You know, that Brooke says, this isn't okay. So it, you start getting this, your mentality eventually starts to change. Like that, you begin this like us versus them, like outsider versus word of faith people. Like you start to form that mindset of like, that's how things are. And you kind of have this very rigid, like who can be involved and who can't, and like the, you have to align yourself with the practices or you're out.
0: Remember. Matthew's grandparents have already left the church, and by now, the church has taken over their family. They didn't know what to do, so on Christmas day, the grandparents asked Matthew and his family to leave. They moved into an apartment that they could not afford, and to make matters worse, Linda's husband, who was the family's only source of income, had enough with the church's overbearing rules, so he's out too. Now what? In Matthew's new rewired mind, there was only one person he needed to call, Brooke Covington. And within minutes, Brooke had a group of young men come, helped
2: Matthew and his mom move into her house. And that was, I lived with Brooke from April 2012 until January 2013 when I escaped.
0: Matthew says he started witnessing horrible things.
2: You know, after that Christmas and then, you know, at the time, like, I started seeing other things that just weren't, didn't set right well with me. Like they had this practice, like the lower building that that kind of picked back up around like the September October time while I was in high school. And two of my classmates actually had to go, you know, live down in the lower building.
0: The lower building, if you remember from season one, was a place where former members say they experienced the most extreme form of punishment. They say chain would hold young boys for months, even years, against their will.
2: You can kind of tell, like you can sense things aren't right and that are off, but it, you kind of like ignore the red flags.
0: Then one day, Matthew says that he witnessed his friend being slapped
2: in the middle of class. That for me was like the turning point for me, like in the sense that like all the blinders went off and it was just like, no, uh-uh. this place isn't right. I can't keep up with this. This isn't, this is not in their mind, God, this isn't right. And this is just not how you treat people. You know, I loved the people there. And I mean, I can't say that all that was untrue. Like, I mean, I did love some of the like, the people, friends that people I made friends with, like I did love and care for them. You know, I did, I could say I did love and care for Brooke, even though I knew she was doing all these wrong things, just because people do bad things, doesn't mean that they're like, you can't still love them as well, I mean. And they took care of you during a time of need, right? Not only me, like they took care of my, like my mom, like. But despite her
0: reputation as a monster, Matthew says that he also witnessed the softer side of
2: Brooke. And I, she honestly made, treated me more like a son than she did. Like my my brother and myself, she treated us more like sons than her actual own kids. And that's the one thing about Brooke. Like people do feel like she was a bully and they uh, most people hate her that leave. And I, I understand why, because she was a bully and that is the type of person she is. She is a bully and she is very, she hurt a lot of people. And I mean, she hurt me and, you know, that type of thing, but... Again, like I do personally believe that she was kind of in a similar position that I was like Jane got a hold of her, you know, when she was at a downtime, she was probably maybe in her 20s. I think if I remember correctly, you know, she was down on her luck and I think she just kind of got caught up in this thing and her mind got molded. And I just don't I just think she wasn't a very strong, she didn't have like, a strong foundation in herself. To like resist i mean i don't know eventually there's something that she's getting out of it and she's gotten drawn into it and again i can't make excuses for the things that she's done um, because she's done what she's done and there she's done really awful things to so many people i don't want to be like this condemning person that's like oh yeah, the whole time I was there, it was all bad. But I mean, cause there were times there that I was there that it wasn't, you know, bad. Like it wasn't bad. Like, I mean, they did take me on a vacation. They, you know, they gave me a room. They did buy me stuff. They took me on these trips. They paid for like my graduation year, they paid for a trip to Brazil for me. And so, you know, stuff like that, like I was very grateful for, you know, they do this. There is always a cost to, you know, a a cost with receiving the things that you get, like you're loyalty and your obedience and your submission to their what they say is kind of what they expect in return for these things.
0: But one day, Brooke's motherly relationship with Matthew turned cold. Suddenly, she grew suspicious of his behavior and knew
2: something was up. Brooke was kind of like, was retracting and like, was not being as open you know open about things and like she could tell something was off with me and so at one point she like pulled me into a room i just remember her like me sitting there and just her looking at me saying like we know that you're like up to no good and you're like you're in you know you're making all the, you're making all these packs with the devil and you're something's off with you like i can tell and like you're being really sneaky mm-hmm. and like she was just like you know i can tell you're a snake and like she told me that and i couldn't help but i like started to smirk and was just like I don't know like I just thought it was funny but like I just remember her like everyone in that room kind of got real silent was just like and after the fact everyone told me like they were like they thought you were gonna like that was gonna be it for you after that point like because that was they were like you don't laugh at that kind of stuff and like get away with it but for some reason I got away like, I didn't it didn't happen right then but it kind of was like a foreshadowing
0: he got away with it this time but soon after Sunday night church service Matthew will feel Brooke's fury Make the this was a night that Matthew says that 20 church members beat him for more than two hours at Brooke Covington's direction. That's next time on Pretend Radio. Alright, this is it. Only one more episode left. But if you can't wait till next week, go to pretendradio.org and click the donate button. Also, I want to thank Todd Barr for supporting the show on Patreon. You know, Todd was my vice president at the company I work at, and I always try to keep this show secret, but one day I walked in and Todd tells me, I binge listened to your show this weekend. It was awesome. Well, my cover was blown, but thank you, Todd, for listening, and thank you for supporting the show. Also, do you own a Pretend Radio t-shirt? Well, you should. Use offer code PRETENDERS and get $5 off Just go to pretendradio.org and click the Merch button. Okay, I'll see you guys next week. Now check out some of these podcasts.
2: Mens Rea is the legal principle of intent that must be proved in a number of crimes, such as murder. It means literally, the guilty mind. The Mens Rea podcast explores the most notorious crimes from Ireland and the UK and the court cases that followed. Every fortnight, a new case is discussed. So if you like hard hitting, in depth true crime podcasts, head on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from and subscribe to the Mens Rea podcast today.
1: Hong Kong Confidential is a podcast designed to educate and entertain my audience. It's an interview-style show where many topical social issues are discussed and personal stories are shared. The podcast can be inspiring, confronting, harrowing and, at times, hilarious. We all need to be heard to heal and listening to the experiences of others can often help the rest of us deal with what life has to throw at us. Hong Kong Confidential, available on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube and Google Play.
2: creative path.